This is The Guardian. I'm Laura Murphy-Oates, and this is The Full Story. With only a few weeks left until Election Day, The Guardian's reporters have been travelling across the country, talking to voters and candidates. In this episode, Guardian Australia's rural and regional editor Gabrielle Chan is in the rural Victorian seat of Nichols. It's the third safest seat for the coalition, with the Nationals holding it on a 20% margin. But this seat is set for a showdown, and many believe it could swing to the Liberal Party or to a prominent independent. So... What does this contest tell us about the National Party's standing in the bush and the issues plaguing regional areas? Today, why is this safe national seat up for grabs? It's Wednesday, the 3rd of May. So, Gabrielle, you recently went to the seat of Nichols to speak to voters and to candidates. Can you just tell me a bit about this seat and this area? What do we need to know about it? Well, this is a really interesting seat to me because firstly, it's in northern Victoria, right below the border of New South Wales and Victoria. It Mm. is bounded on one side, the northern side, by the Murray River. So water is very important to this seat. So Nichols is a rural seat that covers 15,000 square kilometres, which is a reasonably sized seat in terms of rural Mm. seats, um, but probably massive compared to a little inner city seat. But it largely covers the footprint of the Goulburn Valley. And the Goulburn Valley is known as a food bowl. So it's got lots of horticulture, lots of fruit um, and lots of dairy. And those industries it's really known for. So there are people in there that are employed in agriculture, obviously, and farming. It also has a strong government service sector, so healthcare and social services are a big employer. And because of the horticulture industry, it's attracted all of these waves of migrants that have come into the area and made it their home. Uh, Italian is the biggest language spoken there after English, Mm. Um, but also the Uh, waves of refugees. So there's the big uh, Afghani population there. So there's a really interesting diverse mix there that is unusual for most rural seats. Right. And what about the political landscape in Nichols? What do we need to know about it? So it's the third safest seat for the coalition and it's currently held by the National Party on a 20% margin. And it's been held by the Nats since 2016. And before that, it was the same Liberal Party MP for 20 years. That's Sharman Stone. So because it's such a safe seat, it's not a contest that we would normally look at. The thing that makes this seat interesting is the current National Party MP, Damien Drum, is retiring and that means the coalition opens up a bit of a contest between the Liberals and the Nationals. And so there's a Liberal Party candidate running, Steve Brooks. He's interesting in his own right. We have a big agricultural industry here and as a farmer I am um, of the view that We are great custodians of the land. I I, I myself, it's my job, and I I just don't subscribe to this idea that we're on the other side of the environment. We are one and the same, and I'm really passionate about that. Then we add to that 
a really high-profile independent who is a counsellor on the Greater Shepparton Council. He's a local businessman. His name is Rob Priestley. Rob Priestley is running on water management. In our part of the world, poor environmental outcomes, so there's a lot of river damage and and associated issues in our part of the world. A Federal Integrity Commission and the need for planning around a climate change transition. Mm. He is happy to admit that he's a very well-resourced candidate. And I'm not taking any money from uh, lobby groups, e.g. Climate 200, tobacco and alcohol and those sorts of uh, uh, people. So it's really about when I look at the money, does that organisation, are they aligned with what's good for Nichols? So he presents uh, as a teal independent because some of those issues, climate change, um, federal integrity, keeping the bastards honest, um, being an alternative to the major parties, all of these issues are very familiar for anyone who's following the teal independents in the metro areas. Um, but he's trying to stand separate and he is really giving everyone a run for their money down there. And he's running against the national pre-selected candidate, Sam Birrell. Mm. He was born and raised in the district and is an agronomist and former CEO of the Committee for Greater Shepparton, which is a local economic development group. But what we're seeing here is the Nats pivoting their candidate to look more progressive and more centrist, particularly in light of the popularity of this independent. Now, polling back in March on primary votes showed there was really only a few percentage points between the Liberals, the Nationals and the Independent candidates, so it will be a tight race. When you say more progressive, what does that look like for a Nationals candidate? Uh, more centrist. He's talked to me about climate change. Yeah, there's no doubt that, that you know, climate change will continue to see more unpredictable weather patterns. So, you know, we need to we need to adapt to that and we need to work towards um, climate change policies. He sang an Oasis song at his campaign launch. Can I ask which Oasis song and why? <laughs> don't look back in anger. But don't look back in anger, I heard you say. It's just a fascinating seat. Um, politically, demographically, it's got all the things that I look for in an exciting election uh, contest. So, Gabby, let's talk about the key issues in this electorate. What do voters care about there and what do they highlight to you? Well, obviously, they have very strong views about the leaders. What do you think of Scott Morrison? Not much. Bit of a liar, yeah. The other bloke, he told lies yesterday, for God's sake. First day. I reckon he's he's a good Prime Minister. What do you think of Anthony Albanese? <laughs> not really a good politician. No, not enough experience. Do you have a, an idea yet who you might vote for? Probably ScoMo again. Well, nobody's ever lived through a pandemic before. So, you know, he was thrown in head first too. And all the opposition's doing is bagging everything he does, yet they've got no policies that I can see are any better. But really the issues that they're talking about are 
water, politicians' kind of accountability. Another big issue is jobs and one of the bigger issues is healthcare. But generally, water tends to dominate a lot of the conversations. Mm. Right, so let's start with water policy there. Now, I know water policy is a infamously complex issue and has a very long history, but what do we need to know just to understand what's going on there in Nichols specifically? The thing that we need to know about Nichols when it comes to water is the Murray-Darling Basin Plan will um, come to an end in the next uh, parliamentary term. Mm. That means that the way that's managed towards the end, how much water is recovered, will be a big issue for this electorate. The whole Murray-Darling Basin plan was about recovering water for the environment. Think of it as a series of buckets, right? So there's a bucket for the irrigators, there's a bucket for the environment, there's a bucket for towns. And this is about how much is in that irrigator bucket uh, and how much should go into the environmental bucket. And that's why those three high-profile candidates are also talking about water. And that's specifically about whether any more water should be recovered for the environment on top of the 2,750 gigalitres that is um, baked into the Murray-Darling Basin Plan. So we're talking about an extra 450 gigalitres that has been promised but is a very contentious issue uh, in that part of the world. Why is it so contentious, this water recovery, for environmental reasons, for the health of the river system? Because that 450 gigalitres was added on as a promise to primarily South Australia because South Australia is at the end of the river system. So South Australia in water politics is always critical to how uh, water management lands. And that has created a crankiness, if you like, in political terms in the river system for this electorate because they feel like they're in between South Australia, which has a pretty um, big leverage when it comes to water management, and the Northern Basin, which has a big say over National Party politics in water terms. So I spoke to one guy, we met outside a bakery in Kyabram. Okay, so um, can you tell me your name, please, and where you're from? I'm David, and I'm from a little town called Koyuga. He's a stock trader, uh, and he said... I don't think we've had much support from anybody. They've, they've been very quick to send our water down the river and into the sea. Because we're in the middle of the Murray-Darling system. So uh, he said something which I hear constantly every time I report about water politics, and that is, you know, they're sending all our water downstream and it's just going out to sea um, and water has become... Very expensive. So I think that they'd be... Well, if I was running for politics, that's what I'd be going for. Right, so what do the three key candidates have to say about water policy, Gabby? Well, they all say that they 
don't want any more water recovery for the environment. Uh, that extra water is crucial to uh, prosperity in the district. The pitch, the specific pitch that we're hearing um, from people like Rob Priestley is, I will speak for Nichols on water, I will speak to uh, issues that uh, the National Party, he says, has ignored because they're concerned about how this plays in the Northern Basin and Labor is concerned about how it plays in the South Australian end of the basin. We're coming to the end of the Murray-Darling Basin Plan and I feel like our community's voice is lost in a national party that's dedicated to the interests of Northern New South Wales and Queensland. Right, so you've got each candidate talking very strong on water policy here and the need to make this work better for the people of Nichols. What about one of the other big issues? I mean, you mentioned jobs and labour is particularly tough in Nichols. Can you tell me about that? What we're seeing in Nichols and many other rural seats as well is the lack of available workforce. Mm. So shortage of workers is a big issue for businesses in Nichols and all of the candidates mention the fact that it's hard to source workers. Uh, Rob Priestley himself said his business is short about 30 workers. Steve Brooks is a uh, pomegranate farmer among other things so He's uh, aware of workforce issues and Sam Birrell talked about it in terms of being a big issue because he has worked for the Economic Development Organisation, the uh, Committee for Greater Shepparton. So workforce is a very big issue. Right. What did voters have to say about this staff shortage in the area and how it affected them? Well, voters are aware of um, staff shortages How's it going? I'm Matt O'Connor. What do you do, Matt? I work at Campbell Soups. Matt O'Connor, who works as a blender in Campbell Soup, uh, he thinks jobs is the biggest issue in the area. Uh, I think a lot of youth could be out there working when they're choosing not to, and I just think there could be a lot more at the table for them to, to go ahead. Um, to, to grab the job. And then Zara as well, who I spoke to, um, she was talking about educational opportunities because she really highlighted this issue of when rural students have to go away and study, often they never come back. That's why we have less youngsters in regional areas because all of them move to a bigger city just to like pursue their career but once they start studying there, they find a, a career, more opportunities for them there rather than in regional areas. Zara talked about wanting to expand, you know, the educational opportunities. Like if there is more, like, you know, courses here, other people from other regional areas can come to a small um, shepherd in as well. It's something that resonates actually in a lot of rural seats. Mm. One of the biggest issues is also health services in Nichols. Um, there is a massive shortage of health workers, which has obviously been exacerbated over the last two years of pandemic. Uh, mm. The state local uh, independent member Susanna Sheed talked about the local hospital at Shepparton being 80 doctors short. That is a lot of doctors. And other people talked about um, having to, and this is not uncommon in rural areas, booking uh, doctor's appointments every month or so in order to 
collect up your ailments, if you like, because you can never be sure that you will get an appointment if you fall ill. I would say if you're planning to get sick in, say, four weeks' time, you'd want to book a doctor this week, and there's a fair chance he might see you when, when you're sick. The, the medical system in this area is an absolute shambles, and uh, I really think the government should be ashamed of themselves, either government I'm talking about. Right, so you're saying this has been around for a while, though. Has this just been exacerbated by the pandemic and having less people being able to come into these regional areas in the past two years? It's exacerbated by the pandemic, but it's also exacerbated by the change of demographics in this seat and other seats because people moving out of cities. So people have been moving to rural and regional centres in order to access cheaper real estate, but also get the space they need. And this is something Sam Birrell highlighted. It's been really difficult to get in to see people. It's just got worse over the pandemic. And I think it's because there's been more people who have been moving to the regions and we're trying to keep up and you don't train doctors overnight. And it's been hard to bring doctors into the country given what we've been through for the last two years. It's as if the infrastructure social infrastructure but health infrastructure is not catching up with the population changes that have happened in the last two years. And it's even harder when it comes to health services uh, for migrant communities. Mm. Right, you mentioned there is a really strong migrant population here, Gabby. What did they have to say about why it was particularly hard for them to access these health services? Well, when it comes to healthcare, there's this added barrier for migrant communities, particularly people of non-English speaking backgrounds. I think that's a huge aspect that we need to work with. Um, considering that language is a huge barrier and cultural differences comes along with it. And Habiba, who is a Shepparton Latrobe Uni student coordinator, she's talked about her family members who have had a really tough time accessing healthcare, um, not to mention her wider community, because there are language barriers. Especially for our parents um, who doesn't have language, not all healthcare workers consider cultural differences and understanding cultural differences and religious differences. Next, what could drive a swing away from the nationals in Nichols? So... There are a lot of different and really serious issues in this electorate, Gabby, but as you've outlined, it sounds like these three candidates feel fairly similarly about quite a few of them. They're against this water recovery. They think more should be done on jobs and healthcare. How are they differentiating themselves? I guess the difference between how these candidates present is whether they think change can happen inside the tent or whether you need to be outside the tent. Mm. And by that I mean you have these two coalition candidates, a National Party candidate and a Liberal Party candidate who are saying I can affect change in the most uh, efficient way from inside my party and they're having an argument about whether the National Party and or whether the Liberal Party is best to affect that change. Then on the other hand, you've got Rob Priestley, the independent candidate, who's saying, 
look, guys, actually the best way to affect change is to be on the crossbenches between the two major parties because no matter who wins government, I will be able to talk to all sides because I will be a bit of a clean skin. Everyone will be able to negotiate with me. And I think that's a really interesting point in terms of power and how change happens in terms of a disrupted political uh, environment. This is the big question, I think, for this election, particularly with the rise of teal independents and other independents, minor parties, how is it that we affect change? How is it that we create reform? And that's what we're seeing at a micro level in Nichols. Who has power and how can people best use it in order to affect what their community wants? Mm. It's the big question for me for 2022 federal election campaign. Right. And how did these pitches from the candidates cut through with voters? Who did they say that they're going to vote for? Some people I spoke to were still undecided. Hopefully this round someone comes aboard and actually addresses the things that they say that they're going to work, something that could actually everyone can benefit. Someone who is actually more active than going on holidays during our crisis. Others said the pull of the nationals was just too strong and they thought people would stick with them. Well, I think Sam Birrell will bolt it in here. I honestly believe if you got that little dog that was walking along before and put him up as the national candidate, he would win it, hands down, because this area has been a very, very strong National Party area and uh, rightly or wrongly, they seem to always win and I would back the Nationals uh, for doing it. Mind you, I don't think they do a lot for the farmers here but that's another story. But I did speak to some people who were ready for change and who weren't going to vote for either coalition candidate. And what's your view of the federal election? Uh, Give someone else a go, I reckon, because they're just buggering it up, aren't they? I spoke to Batul Tuna. So my name is Batul Tuna. Who is the daughter of Turkish migrants and she's voting for Rob Priestley. We do support um, Rob Priestley an independent candidate. I'm not arguing that Rob's going to be perfect. I'm arguing he's a human, a human with human values and that just looks at someone and goes, you know what, you, you are equal to me. You deserve what I have, which is respect and equal rights and social rights and rights to healthcare, reproductive rights. People are a lot more woke now. So, yeah, I think it's there's a mood for change for sure, 100%. But who knows? I, I really think it's in contention. Right, so there is some drive for change here and the polling was previously tight. If the Nationals do lose this seat, especially to a progressive independent candidate, what does that say to you, Gabby? It says that the decline in the major parties continues. What it tells us is that rural seats can be just as unpredictable as any other seat, even with a 20% margin. Now, that it may not happen at all. It may continue on with the National Party or the Liberal Party, but I think it's a really interesting indication of where our politics is going in rural Australia. 
That was Gabrielle Chan, Guardian Australia's rural and regional editor. You can find more of The Guardian's election coverage at theguardian.com, including a piece by Gabrielle Chan titled, Nichols might be a safe coalition seat, but alternatives will test the Barnaby line. We've linked to that on the full story page as well. You can also listen to Full Story's campaign catch-up, our daily short election update that will tell you everything you need to know as the campaign reaches that 21st of May deadline. That's it for today. This episode was produced by Karishma Luthria, sound design and mixing by Daniel Simo. The executive producers of Full Story are Miles Martignoni, Gabrielle Jackson and me, Laura Murphy-Oates. Okay, catch you next time. <laughs>